0: Hey guys, I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of the Redefining Greatness podcast. In this episode, we talk with Jordan Devi. Uh, Jordan, honestly, is somebody that embodies what Redefining Greatness is all about. He's just just an ordinary guy who loves to eat, loves to cook, uh, loves to play football, who took quite an unorthodox path to to get to where he's at. Um, He's played for some of the best coaches in the NFL ever uh, in Bill Belichick and Coach Reed in Kansas City um he's been able to uh play with Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. He's seen quite a bit. So I think you guys will be able to learn quite a bit from this uh episode as I was able to. Um I think he's just a great guy and I think uh as you learn from him, um you'll you'll see what what exactly this podcast is supposed to be about. And honestly, it's that ordinary people just like you and me are able to accomplish some extraordinary things whether it be an offensive lineman or a coach, I think uh this is a, a great opportunity to learn from a great guy in Jordan. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome you to this episode, episode number one. Thanks. All right, Jordan, I'd like to welcome you onto the podcast today. Um I'm really excited because I think you can provide a, a, a fantastic perspective into into the preparation and, and life of an NFL player. Um so I mean this is year number eight for you uh going into year eight in the NFL. Um but I'd like to to start from the beginning, you know, going into year one. How did you prepare? I mean, have you always been into football and and kind of give me some background on your journey to get to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So, like you said, year eight NFL with the Raiders um, before the NFL that's um, kind of where my story is a little bit different than most. Um, I did not play high school football, so I stopped playing football. See, I played sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. Um, and then in eighth grade, I was the tallest kid in the class. I was growing so fast. I was playing football and baseball at the time, and just and I was a catcher, so after playing baseball games, my knees would swell up, you know, double their size, and I'd have to ice them and I was having a lot of pain, so I went to the doctor and he said I had a disease which is kind I think it's actually really common for most people um, it's Osgood Slaughter's. Yeah. And basically it's, you're growing too fast and you're pulling on the patella tendon. So it creates a lot of pain. So my, what's the name of it? Physician at the time, the doc, my doctor at the time said that basically I should stop playing football. And if I'm playing baseball, let stop being a catcher. He's like, you can just pick it up when you're done and it, you won't have any issues when you're done growing is it. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So I stopped playing football, played baseball, and then I did um band. I was playing an instrument anyway at that time. And so I was in, in our school's band. Um I just kinda waited until I stopped growing. But so obviously I graduated 18, um 19, I served a mission for my church from nineteen to twenty one. And then while I was on my mission, you know, being I think I was six five when I left to uh, Costa Rica I grew another two inches and all the companions that I was with, with on my mission would just be like man you're so tall you need to be you need to be playing sports you need to playing football you need to be doing this I was like yeah well I wish I could but you know my knees had issues so I'm just kind of waiting till I stopped growing and you know we were working out every day we were running a lot and my knees felt great and so kind of coming home off my mission I was like look if I'm if I'm going to ever give this a shot, like now's the time. And so when I got home, um, I called one of the junior colleges in Utah, Snow College, and the phone call was basically, hey, I'm, I'm looking to play football. It's been a while since I played football. And I think I to- talked to one of the coaches, uh, Mike King was his name. And he's like, well, we're kind of – we're not really looking for anyone at this time. When was the last time you played? And I was like, well, it was eighth grade. He's like, Yeah. Not so sure, um, just out of curiosity, like how tall are you? And I was like, well, I'm six seven. He's like, oh, okay, uh, how much do you weigh? And I think at that time I was like 250. I was on that rice and bean diet every day. And so oh, he's like, well, let me talk to the coaches and I'll give you a call back. And he was probably only got, like it's probably 30 minutes later he called me and was like, look, we have spring ball that starts in a week. Um, if you want to come down here and just do spring ball with us we'll see what you got. And if we like you, we'll keep you. If not, then, you know, at least you tried. He was like, what position do you play? And I was like, well, what do you guys need? And he's like, well, you probably use some work on the offensive line. And I was like, okay, sweet. I'll do that. So it really wasn't like, I never really thought that it would turn into anything. It was more of do this. So I can say that I did it and not have to like, look back with any regrets later yeah. on.
0: So did you always love the sport of football?
1: Um, I th- Yes, I would say yes. Um, obviously, we watched it growing up. Yeah. You know, all the colleges, um, all the college sports. I loved playing it. And, you know, being in the band it sucked because Friday nights we'd be in the stands playing in the pep band watching the games. So I think there was always a part of me that was like, man, I wish I was doing this. Yeah, like in high school, it was never like, man, I should be doing this to the point that I need to put my body in pain.
0: So I mean as unusual as the path has been for you I'd say that it's uh um been pretty different to get to where you are uh, for you compared to most NFL players. Um it's been up and down honestly throughout your journey but now that you're going into year 8 you've learned quite a bit. So what would you say the biggest difference is from year 8 now uh, and then going going into year 1?
1: Um I think year 8 to year 1 there year 1 there's so much uncertainty um like coming out of college and then not getting drafted it was more of like well I just hope someone gives me a shot just kind of the same mentality with that I had with junior college it's like just give me a shot and you know I'll I'll work as hard as I can do everything I can and try to put myself in a position to succeed but in the end like I can only control what I can control and so like year one going into it like for me it's like I don't know What's the structure like? What are the meeting rooms like? What is practice lights? What, like, what is expected of me? What can I do more? When can I do more? So there's a lot of like uncertainty of just the unknown. Um, whereas like coming into year eight, it's more of like, okay, I know what is expected of me and I know what type of shape I need to be in. I know what type of like knowledge of the playbook I need to be in. And so I feel like I have more structure going into it now than I did in year one. Like I know exactly like, okay, it's beginning of April. This is where I should be at with my body. This is where I should be at with my mind. And then this is where I need to really ramp it up to get ready for the season. Or this is where I need to dial it back just to make sure I'm recovered. Like I just feel like there's so much more preparation now that goes into it. And I'm like just better off just from having the previous years of experience.
0: This one may be kind of silly, but I just think about uh, whether you're playing on a new offense or on a new team. I think the challenges are all pretty similar. you know i i I think you handle it well when you went to college. you didn't necessarily uh, make any demands or anything. Obviously, you just were wanting a chance to play, uh, willing to play really whatever position that they had available and I thought in can I think in kansas city i I saw you play all five positions on the offensive line. so how do you take on the challenge of? a new position or a new team and the uncertainty that comes with that?
1: Well, so coming into the league, I knew that, that one, I had played tackle and guard in college, and, you know, the, I was always up for I was like, well, whatever you guys need me to do, I'll do. Like, um, you know, I take football very seriously. Like, I, I love it, but it's also an opportunity to play a game for a living and do something that i love so it's like okay well whatever you guys need me to do i'll do like um and that's when so new england i played a little bit of center and it was the conversation for that was like have you ever snapped a ball and i was like well no but i'll but like if you want me to i will like i'll learn it like let's do it just show me what i need to do and so i I did it like very little and then when i came into kansas city um, we got to training camp my first year, and I remember Coach Heck was like, Hey, have you played any center? I was like, Well, yeah, I snapped a little bit in New England. And he was like, Okay, I'm thinking about getting you some reps. And then, like, the next morning, it was like, Okay, you're running that center today. And so um, I, I would have I panicked if not for my preparation, because ev- every year, even when I was in college, anytime I studied the playbook, the way that my mind operates is I need to know what each position is doing so that it all makes sense for me. Yeah. So when I study a play, I'll study the rules for left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, and right tackle. So when I get, if I had to get thrown in at center, then I know what other people are doing. So I know how to, you know, call a player, set the play right so that we get our assignments blocked. So I think like my preparation helps for that. And then also just, you know, being able to retain a job, like I knew. I knew coming into the NFL that I wasn't drafted. So there wasn't a lot of money invested into me by teams. And so that I had to make myself as valuable as possible. And and the way that I've been able to do that and I think stay around so long is just being able to play multiple positions. Because I mean, before this new CBA, there's only fifty-three guys on the team. And you can only keep a certain amount of offensive linemen. And so if you have one offensive lineman that can play five positions versus one guy that can only play one position in the end, they're going to keep the guy who can play more just because it brings more value to them. Right. So that's kind of where I've just based my career off of is just being available to go in at any position at any moment. So in a
0: world where you're constantly preparing for other positions or you're constantly, uh, having to know what other people are doing, you're, you're preparing for what might happen if you take that spot. I think that would naturally kind of lead to certain comparisons especially if you're having to take someone else's job or you're afraid that they might take your job how do you prevent yourself from comparing yourself to other people who who you're competing against every day
1: I, I think it comes down to like personal goals and I mean I would I'd be lying if I saying if I said it wasn't a challenge for me yeah, yeah. because I think human nature in general is like I'm going to compare myself to the next guy. Like this, the whole keeping up with the Joneses is yeah. you compare yourself to your neighbors. Um, and so for me, it's always I feel like I have to keep myself in check and be like, well, I do this and this player does this. But reality, it's like, no, I need to just focus on kind of what I said in the beginning, like what I can control. And what I can control is being and developing myself to be the best journeyman or swing guard or center backup center whatever whatever it is just developing my talents so that when i'm am called to go in that i do it the best that i can and so i think it's more of an internal goal and mindset where it's like no like like every day at practice and every day when i watch film it's like okay here's my weaknesses here's what i'm doing good how can i get my weaknesses better yeah how can i keep doing what i'm doing good I mean this is probably a pretty dumb question.
0: Um, but I think I think back to like high school when the head coach or the position coach would put up film and I knew it was gonna be just a play where I felt like I wanted to hide under a rock, you know, and I knew I was about to just get like crushed because of whatever was coming. Um how hard is it for you to, to feel like that, whether it's in your position group or with the team, um, when you know on this play this happened or, or whatever the, the, the reasoning is how hard is it to take something like that in stride?
1: I think for, I mean, for other position groups, they may handle it differently, like offensive line. You know, we joke about it a lot. Yeah. And so I know, like, if if on a play I did something terribly wrong, like I'll, as a way of, like, easing into that play, I'll, like, make fun of myself for it. Yeah. But then there's also, like, it's it's humbling, and you have to, like, take it for what it is. Um, multiple people that I played with, you know, have said it's like well, it's the only position that, where if we mess up, someone can get hurt. So you you kind of joke about it in a sense to like make it less hard to like less of a hard pill to swallow. But at the same time, it's like humbling, and you have to take it seriously because you know someone could get hurt. And so mm-hmm. it's 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 very humbling, and it's I don't know I don't know if it's shame or just. Like you just sit there and watch and know that like, okay, I messed up on this play. And then once that play's over, you kind of have to have like a quick mindset to be like, okay, this is what I did wrong. All right. Next time I won't do that again. Yeah. So you try to eliminate those plays that show up. Nice.
0: Something that people probably don't know, or they might know. I, I think that um, that uh, the offensive line is such a, I'm going to use the word unique to describe you guys and just say that you guys are probably the weirdest group of individuals around. Um, I, I think I, I I did love, though, every time uh, I think of, like, warm-ups with the group on Fridays or when it's just the offensive line there. Um, how, would you des- how would you describe that kind of camaraderie within a group? Because you guys know each other so well. You spend so much time. And I know every position group does. But um, what makes the offensive line
1: so unique to each other Uh, to other positions in the NFL? No, it's a good question. And it's, it's, I don't know how else to describe. I mean, it's hard to describe because we're in it every day. Yeah. But there is like speaking to some of like my military buddies, it's, it's, it's a brotherhood within the offensive line, similar to the military. I mean, obviously we're not getting shot at and obviously we're not putting our lives on the line, but like when a, a, like a, a team or if an army group goes out, there's each guy has a responsibility to do and to, in order to get the job done. So everyone's designated a certain thing that they need to do. And then there's also guys that are designated where if that guy goes down or if that guy can't do that, then he has to step up and do it. Yeah. So for the offensive line, it's, you know, there's five of us. And for each play, we all have a thing that we need to do in order for the play to work everyone has to do exactly what we're supposed to do. Otherwise the play doesn't work. Now, obviously you have things that will happen or quarterback will be able to scramble and make make plays or running back may break a tackle. But for the most part, like we all need to be working together in order for the whole unit to be successful. So if you have one weak link, you know, it really can bring a group down. So I think building that camaraderie and trust in each other is huge. And like you said, we're, we're a unique group of guys. And so um, there's a lot of stress that comes with our job. And, and most of us, the way that we're wired, you know, we, we do it. Like we're able to have a sense of humor about it. But we're also, you know, some, one of, some of the hardest working guys out there. I mean, I'm, just the sense of humor part. Most of us were always the biggest guy in class. You know, we're always like, we always stood out. Yeah. So whether sure. people made fun of us or whether people, you know, people always make fun of the big kid in class. And so the big kid, in order to respond, you either you beat somebody up or you joke it off and you, you, um, you know, you have your comebacks or you just make other people laugh as a way to fight it. And I think most of us were the people that will, you know, someone makes fun of you, you just have something right back and you're able to take things like that. And the stresses with a sense of humor. And so, you know, the big guys are always the funny guys. So that's just a bunch of big guys working together. That's a good way to
0: describe it. I think, uh, definitely, a funny group of guys. I think, and it's funny to see how that that group changes, you know, w- with personnel changes. But there's still some things that are constant, you know, about about the groups of 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 guys that I've seen. So to, to kind of switch gears, uh, to to ask you about you know your view of other people, and one thing that I'm really excited to to hear you talk about is your view of NFL coaches you know you were able to play for two of the best coaches right now and probably one arguably the best ever in Bill Belichick and Coach Reed uh, and, and not to take away from other coaches that you play for now but how would you describe the strengths and what makes them great
1: yeah no uh, um you know I've been very fortunate just with those two because obviously you can say that without a doubt both of them will be in the Hall of Fame like Hall of Fame coaches. And hall of fame guys um and i think what makes them you know i've thought about it a lot because both of them are so successful and they have proven themselves year in and year out as being able to do it in in an environment that is extremely stressful and extremely competitive and you know i think what makes both of them successful in their own is that they have a system in place and it's and they know that their system works, and so when people come in or they bring in new coaches, new players, it's not like okay, let's let's try to reinvent the will. Like no, the the will rolls. Like the will is fine. Let's see how fast we can push this sucker. Um, and that's I think Belichick and Coach Reed. They both demand a lot of their players, and they both you know really try to get the best out of. Each individual player and as a whole for the team, and know what roles need to be done, and know what type of guys they're looking for, and also know how to coach them up and get the most out of them. And I think both of them do it in their own unique way. Like Coach Reed is really trying to bring out each individual's personality. Like he always tells everyone to let their personality show, and like he's like, You're here for a reason. Like we brought you here for a reason, so go out and do what you do, type of deal. And, you know, Belichick always preaches, like, just everyone doing your job. And, and it's so simple, but it's like, yeah, if, if I do what I'm supposed to do, the guy next to me does what he's supposed to do, everyone does what they're supposed to do, we're going to be successful.
0: Which one did you feel was uh, more applicable to your personality? Like, which one did you like to, and not just your personality, but the way the team responded to those things?
1: See, and I, I, I've thought about that a lot, and I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I know that New England was the perfect place for me because there was a high expectation and it was a place where you show up, you go to work, you do what you're supposed to do. And then, I mean, obviously the guys in the locker room, you have fun doing it. It's not like, you know, a lot of people try to give New England a bad rap for like, you know what the funnest thing in football is, is winning right? Super Bowls. Um, and so that's fun. But The overall football atmosphere of it, like, I never once was like, oh, man, this is terrible, or I'm not having fun, or I'm not, like, no, it was, obviously, football's a job, and you're supposed to work at it, but, like, you have fun in doing the things that you do each day, going to practice, going to meetings, going, being around the guys, like, that's, being around the guys is what football's all about, and there it's, you know, you have a bunch of guys who are extremely dedicated in being the best players that they can be and they're they're dedicated to it and so yeah. i think belichick does a really good job motivating people that way and keeping the blinders on like focusing on what's important
0: yeah that's interesting I, you know i think because it does get a bad rap there right that it's like oh it's not enjoyable it's not um it's not fun um but you don't hear that from many people that leave it's not, it's more like people on the outside looking in Uh, You know, at least from my from my opinion and my perspective, I'm sure you could find one or two. But
1: yeah, uh, a couple. But no, I mean, I never once was like, oh, man, this is terrible. um, Because you want to be the best. Like the idea is I'm a professional.
0: I want to be the best that I can be. And if this is the way to do it, then I'm just going to do it to be the best.
1: Yeah. And I mean, for me, I was there when I was young and I was still trying to figure out what type of player I was still trying to develop myself and, you know, I'm I'm still trying to develop myself to be the best player I could be. But like, for me being around those guys, being, you know, hall of fame, being around hall of famers, Tom, uh, local Jenkins, and then just other offensive linemen, uh, Ryan Wendell, Dan Conley, those guys, like those guys knew what it was to be a pro and they had their schedule set every day. And so when I was there, you know, all I tried to do is just, I mean, really, I was just all right. How do these guys do it? And I just try to follow them and mimic what they were doing because they've been so successful at it. And so for me, like, even though I was young and even though I was still figuring things out, like, it was the best thing for me just to go learn from those type of players. Yeah, that's
0: that's awesome. So how would you how would you then compare? You know, obviously, you were with Patrick in uh, in two thousand eighteen, like the breakout MVP year. Um, I think uh, how. I don't want to compare him to Tom, obviously, but I do I do want to highlight um, what you enjoyed most about playing with each player.
1: Okay, well, Tom, uh, I feel like Tom was being able to play with, like, someone that you had been a fan of your whole life, and, like, you know, he's this idol, like, this is Tom Brady, so... Getting just to be in the huddle with Tom Brady and like block for Tom Brady like was it that, ever nostalgic? Or were you ever looking at him like, "Holy crap, is Tom Brady?" Or is yeah. it? I mean, I think coming into the league, it was like that anyway. Like I started out with Baltimore, and they just won the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I was like,
1: "Oh shoot!" Like that's Joe Flacco, you know, and that's yeah, all these guys, and and so even at New England, it was like, you know, my first day there, like Tom introducing himself, like, yeah, like "I know who you are, like you are Tom freaking Brady," you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he demanded a lot, and what what impressed me the most about Tom was his knowledge of the game too, because there'd be protections and rules, and he 'd set the protection later, and he would like give you an analysis of why he did it that way, and he he just knows he studies the game so much and knows it inside and out that when he does things like he 's already done all this preparation, and he 's fully prepared for the game. And so that was most impressive about him besides everything else he does. Amazing. Um, Patrick is just, I mean, he's young, full of energy. And for him, it was interesting to see him sit behind a year. I mean, like we worked the scout team the year that Alex was playing, that he was first drafted and, you know, see him learn and develop. And and then when he when it was time for him to take over, like just he took over without missing a beat. Mm-hmm. So that was impressive for me to see, like, as a young, as a second year in the league and just, you know what, it's my time. He took over and, you know, give Alex all the respect in the world. But Patrick, when Patrick took over, it was like, no, this is my team now. Um, And he did it the right way. He worked hard. He works hard, like, does everything he's supposed to do. Um, I think the most impressive thing that was after that Steelers game, the very first game of the season where it was, you know a shootout and we won we were coming home and on the plane i overheard some people asking him like basically to go out to a club i think that night yeah he had six touchdowns yeah there's six touchdowns and, and so we're on the plane home you know celebrating someone's like hey let's go out to the club and he's like no it's i think it was his girlfriend's birthday or somebody's birthday he's like so i'm just gonna stay home tonight yeah and i think he obviously has been well groomed by his dad who was a professional so he kind of knows what he needs to do and what he needs to stay away from. Right. And so he has all the talent and ability on the field, but he also has a good head that's on his shoulders that's keeping him out of trouble off the field. For sure.
0: And he works. You know, I think I
1: um,
0: I think I, there there isn't a player that I love more than Alex when I was in Kansas City, just how much he worked, the amount of time he spent preparing um, just was, was unbelievable. And I think um, – and Pat's talked about it, but how much that's helped him. Um, yeah. What's it like when you're on a team and you can clearly see a torch being handed to another player?
1: I think for, I mean, I can't speak for the rest of the team, but as far as the offensive line, it was just like, all right, like, he's the new guy. Let's go. Yeah. You have no other option but to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously. I mean, we, I remember watching the draft with the offensive line and when they drafted him, you know, everyone was like, okay, well let's see what let's, you know, they show the highlights after I was like, okay, like, he threw a couple really good passes and we're like, okay, but can he run? And like, I think one of the highlights was him dodging a, a sack and then scrambling. Mm. And everyone was like, okay, yeah, 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 we like that. And so it was kind of fun to see that. And then, you know, a year later, him take over and, you know, be able to see his talent and ability. Did you play in that Denver game when he played? Yeah. That uh, first game you played in? Yeah, the last game of the season? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That was –
1: that was, that was his debut, and then yeah. we played – That's we had some injuries go down against New England, and so the following game was the Cincinnati game where I, that's that's one thing about Patrick is how he leads because, you know, I think – what was it? It was early on, first quarter, where I got on a screen. I dove and got hurt. I felt my bicep pop, and I thought it was – I thought I tore my bicep. So I was standing there, just kind of like let my arm hang. I was playing center that game and Patrick Mm was like, Are you all right? And I was like, No, I think my arm's messed up. And he's like, Well, you're not going anywhere. Hmm. It was was your right arm, too, right? Yeah, it was my right arm. I was like, All right, let's go. So we went back in the huddle and I was like, Well, let me see if I can snap it. And it was just like throbbing. Yeah. And going against Geno Atkins and all those guys. But, you know, No, no slouches, that's for sure. Yeah. So like just snapping it and, and, I could snap it relatively no play pain, but like the rest of the game, just, I mean, it hurt like hell throughout the game, but because he was like, no, I need you. You're not going anywhere. I was like, no, like I'm going to stay in here until they yeah. pull me out. I got this. And so, I mean, he, he commanded that much respect and, you know, me being, I don't know what year that was for me at the time, five or whatever. It was like, no, like I'll, I'll put it all out there for this kid. Like he's yeah. doing everything the right way. And he's very impressive. That's awesome.
0: So I want to I want to talk about something that's I don't know if it's like too personal, but, um, you know, you've talked about like your journey and it looked as though uh, things were, were looking the right way in that year in Kansas City when you tore your pack. But just the journey was crazy. Like you, we, you get signed in New England or in, in Baltimore and then you cut and then Carolina cut, New England and then San Francisco. It's like you're all over the place. And then in Kansas City, it was like a, in the same place, it was a similar roller coaster. Um, and then you're starting games and you're doing well and you're playing really well. And then you, it looks as though like, all right, this is the year where you're going to make it, you know, like you're going to get a contract and this is good. You're set. But then you tear your peck. And in a game like that, where I feel like that that game kind of embodies your career right every every year you're fighting every in that game you had to fight an uphill battle with one arm looking like porter out there and and it was it was it was difficult and and, and then you tear your pec and I, I remember seeing you the day after you came into the weight room and you're like yeah I tore my pec uh you know you, sh- you showed me your shirt and all that stuff and it was or you lifted up your shirt and you showed it and it was just like I just remember like seeing your face thinking like 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 the fight that you had to do just to get to this point, and then it was like, it was like kind of all taken out from under you. Yeah. Uh, and so I, how, I, I want to talk a little bit about that, and just you know, kind of help me understand what the initial thoughts, and then how did you get out of that understandably dark place that you were in, where you're like, all right, I just gotta like fight and you get out of this, and I can keep going.
1: No, I mean I. I think that's a great way to put it, that it kind of embodies my career as far as just fighting for everything because I feel like nothing's been ever given to me. Yeah, obviously gave me a shot and that's pretty much what's the extent of anything that's been given. So everything I've had to fight for and I think you said it best because even at... So, New England two years, going into the third year, they traded me to San Francisco and then San Francisco was just... Up and down. And then I came to Kansas City, and even Kansas City was like, they didn't expect me to do anything. And then, I mean, up until last year, every year I started training camp on the third team because they draft guys, yeah. they bring in new guys. And then, so I always start training camp on the third string. And then by then the end of training camp, I always find a way to get a spot on the team. And so, like, even Kansas City started training camp the first year there on third string. By the time season came, I made the team, and then they put me on practice squad. And then someone went down. Two weeks later, I was starting. Three weeks later, I was back on practice squad. Yeah. And then um, the next year, same thing. Started training camp third string. I ended up playing a couple of games, all that. So finally, like, when the games that I did play for Kansas City, I was, like, playing some of my best football. And then, you know... Um, Larry went down, he broke his foot. So I came in very last play of the game. And then we, we go to new England and play and I'm playing right guard. And so, you know, playing at new England, I was like, all right, it's time to like, this is my moment. And so I came out right guard. I was playing some of my best football and then Mitch Morse goes down. Yeah. So I go from first half at right guard and the two minute drive at the end of the half. I switched to center. And finish it at center. So I'm like, okay, I'm at least going to get six games. Like it's time to just, like you said, show what I can do on tape and then hopefully sign a better contract. And then that happens. And I I think you kind of said you saw it in my face, but like it it broke me mentally. Yeah, for sure. It took a lot out of me. It was just like, man, like this was my moment. This was it. This is my shot to like really show what I can do on tape, and put any bad football that I played behind me. And then it happened. And I think for me, it was one of my best accomplishments for my career, just one. Coming out of that? having Well, having that type of injury and finishing. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, okay, like, I think I pouted for a week. <laughs> and then was like, all right, no, let's, let's get this serious and start rehabbing strong. And then, so when I came back that off season and Kansas city was being reluctant, like, yeah, we'll sign you. But you know, we really like these young guys, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, no, like I think it was the first time in my career where I was like, no, like I know what I'm worth. Like, I know that I deserve better. And so I'm going to go to another team and show what I can do. And so when Gruden called was like, you know, come out here and play for us. And I was like, I took it. I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, let me see what, let me show what I can do. And then ended up, they put us in a competition because Richie was going to be suspended for the first four games and Gabe got hurt. So it was kind of like a competition where between me and the other starting guard and then whoever won it would continue playing until Gabe got better. And so, you know, first two games of the season, same thing. I was playing better football than I played the year before. And then two more games, I won the competition. Started two more games, and then I tore my other pick. Mm-hmm. And I remember after that one, I because I was in Indianapolis. It was Indy. We're supposed to go to London, and I texted Lindsay, my you know my wife. Yeah, and I was like, I'm I'm done. Like I'm not going through the rehab because the rehab was terrible. Like I, I I tore the tendon for the first one completely off the bone, and so it was just. Slow and agonizing. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm just done. Like, I'm not doing this again. And she talked me off the ledge in that moment. Yeah. But for the same thing, it took me like a good couple of weeks to be like, All right, I can do this again. With my feelings. And the surgery for my second one was, it was a different injury. Even though it was, I still tore my pec, it wasn't as serious. Good. So after surgery, like I came out and was like, okay, have I had surgery yet? You know, it was completely different. And I mm-hmm. fell in love so I was just kind of like, all right, no, I can do this. And so now going into this year, it's like, no, like put myself in the same position I'm I'm going to be in and try to play the best football I can.
0: Well, as cliche as it sounds, and I guess silly, I don't know, like no amount of money can like, granted we want money to take care of our families, but like the, like the character building that you're able to, to gain from such a, a difficult time, I think, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's you can you can never know like what would have been or what could have been. But um, obviously, I know where you are and and the kind of person you are. So that's it's pretty awesome to 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 see how you're able to handle such a difficult time. Um, I just think of like people now. You know, obviously we're in dealing with this and people don't, losing their jobs and think of all that. And it's easy to feel sorry for ourselves or whatever it might be. But it's a good opportunity to eat eat some ice cream for a couple weeks and then get going.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's natural. Just whatever setback in life, it's natural to be discouraged. Yeah, and I mean I face it in other aspects of life, not just football. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's okay. Like I think especially as men, like it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to like be in a dark place for a little bit, but it's not okay to be in that dark place all the time. Right. And so, even like with football, for, I try not to bring it home. For, with me because like if something stressful happens i don't want my kids to have to deal with it so it's Mm -hmm. find a way to like okay like pout cry scream whatever you need to do and then whatever and to get over those feelings and then whatever motivates you use that to get you better or get you in a better place Mm, yeah Uh, it's it's tough but like i I was gonna say it wasn't incredibly hard for me those times
0: yeah no for sure I didn't know that about your second one. I thought uh, it's interesting. I didn't know yeah. that it hit like that. It hit you that hard when it happened.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just. I think I didn't. I, I don't think I've told many people about it, but just because of the situation I was in, where I was like, "No, I'm starting. I'm playing really good football," and I remember the play that it happened. When it happened, like I knew the feeling. I knew the pop. Yeah. So I kind of just headed over to the tent, like the play was still going on. I, I think I tried to like fake out a block, but I knew I was not going to do anything. Yeah. As soon as the play was over, I just ran off the field and I think I might've busted my helmet just being just how frustrated I was. Yeah. And it was just, I knew that I was like done for the year and everything. I worked hard for rehab to get myself in a better position was, I wouldn't want to say all for nothing because I ended up, playing and doing, playing good football, but like it was really discouraging. So, yeah, but sure. same thing, like that night uh, we were in Indianapolis. My agent sent me to this sushi place. I ate my body weight and sushi <laughs> and then stopped and, <laughs> and then my ate body sushi ate body weight and ice cream, which is not a good combo. Um, <laughs> sushi and don't mix. And then I got on a plane and two days later had surgery. Crazy. Yeah.
0: Crazy, crazy. So, uh, speaking of food, you know, I, as a, I think, um, if there's anybody that I know loves to cook, it's you and another big two big bodies that I know uh, in Mitch Schwartz and Coach Reed. Um, what are what is something that like spending your free time? You know, obviously you're a good dad and you spend time with your kids, but what do you do uh, in your free time? Whether it's cooking or hunting or what do you like to do and what do you like to make when you cook?
1: So, anything outdoors. Um, my son loves fishing. He's gotten into it a lot. So, we do a lot of fishing. He loves hunting. Um, I do spend a lot of time on the Traeger. Um, I'm still bitter about that, by the way. Go on. I know, we need to get you one, bud. Um, so, uh, I mean, obviously, so I went to school in Memphis and now I'm in Kansas City. Like, I've lived in some of like the best barbecue areas in the country. Um, I've been learning how to do new things on the Traeger, but like I love doing a brisket. I love steaks on it. I love pork. Um, I mean, really anything on it is good. So I do a lot of meat smoking that way. Um, You know, we have our food places in Kansas City that we love to go to. Uh, You know, I think like Coach Reed, love a good burger. Love a good burger. Who doesn't? The uh, f- Funny story. I don't know if I've told you the story with Coach Reed. But I had a dream one night that he was teaching me how to make the perfect cheeseburger. And it was like a vivid dream. It was me and him. And he was telling me all these steps. And then he said, like, the, the, the most important thing here is to, and then I woke up. You're like, no. I was like, no, what is it? And so I went to him. When did you? What time of day did you go like after team meeting, before team meeting, after (laughs) practice? I think it was after practice. And he happened to like come in and like every once in a while he'll pop his head into the offensive line room and joke around with us. And then we happened to have a break. And so I was like, you know what? I'd been like sitting on it for a few days. This is my shot. This is my shot. I was like, if if there's any time, it's now. So I went up to him and I was like, coach, you're never going to believe this few days ago i had a dream you're telling me to make a cheeseburger this is what you told me to do but then he said the most important thing is and i woke up and he's like oh yeah well this is what you want to do and he like (laughs) told me exactly what i needed to do he loves a good cheeseburger yeah so i mean we're always trying to find the best cheeseburger in town um there's a few places around here we liked unforked surprisingly has a really good burger it's amazing they're tacos too yeah you gotta love a good barking pig taco and a Southern swag, yeah, Southern That's, swag. it's too good. But barbecue places, I mean, you've been here, Q39 by far is the best. Barbecue. By far, the best. I mean, everyone has their, their things they do well, but it seems like Q39 does everything well. Did
0: you see that? Uh, Schwartz is gonna have his own uh cooking show coming out. I did see that What Mitch in the Kitch. Mitch in the kitchen. So, what do you think? Uh, what are you most excited for him to make on
1: Mitch in the kitchen? So, he he is an exceptional cook and he does a great job. And there's a, there's been a lot of um, ideas that I've got from him. And I feel like we're always bouncing, especially because he got a Traeger, I think, just before me.
0: Yeah.
1: We're always bouncing off like different times, cooking times, ideas with each other. Um, but he, he does a really good job of just kind of everything. He, uh, I think it's going to be fun to see what he does. I'm interested... He taught me how to make the smash burger, which, if you do that on the baking still, is one of the best burgers you can make at home. And that's because it's the nice thin patty. Mm. So it's going to be fun to see what he puts on there. I definitely will be watching. I did too. I think. Uh, I think Mitch's personality will be fun to watch. Uh, yeah.
0: On the show. So so uh, to kind of wrap things up, I think you know what is life after football. You know, is it year eight. Um, you got a few, probably like six years left in the NFL, you know, you're, you're you're just about halfway.
1: Um, what's, what's, what's,
0: what's, uh, what's after football for you?
1: We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I mean, I'm going to play until they tell me I can't. Um, so however many more years that is, and then when it's over, I think we make the transition and, you know, try to spend as much time with the family as possible. And then also you don't find a way to provide for them whether you know I studied accounting whether I do something with that degree or I do something with football or maybe I branch out and do something different I don't know it's kind of hopefully I have a few more years before I have to figure it out don't tell yeah right don't tell Lindsay I said this but you'd be a good coach you know yeah we've we've talked about it it's just it's just one of those things like I love football so much but it's I see what the coaches do and how much time they're over there. It's terrible, and it's just one of those. Do I want to do that? Yeah, yeah, I think you'd be great at it.
0: for sure, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. I think, um, I think the reason why I really wanted to have you on this podcast, especially as the inaugural episode, I think um, I just love like your your journey in the NFL, your journey to the NFL, your whole life has really been like a model of how, how, if anybody listens to this, they'll know just how normal of a person you are, but ultimately um, how you've really been able to accomplish extraordinary things. So I appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, spending a few minutes with me and, and sharing some of your story with us. Well, time, bud. All right, buds. All right, guys, that is it for episode number one of Redefining Greatness. I want to thank Jordan Debbie for taking the time and you guys for listening. Um, If you liked it, please share it on social media or whatever buttons you like to click. And tune in next week for episode number two. Thanks.